my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully you guys had a terrific weekend. Uh, great show for you today. I was joined by my brother, Tyler Grant. Always a great time talking to Ty. Uh, we had a lot to discuss, as always. Uh, we talked a little bit of NFL playoffs, uh, naturally. Uh, and we talked about Ron DeSantis dropping out of the race, effectively ending the GOP primary. And we uh, previewed what we think this Biden versus Trump rematch is going to look like in the coming months. Um, a lot to discuss, as always. I think you guys will enjoy it. Before I get to Tyler, guys, if you haven't already, please follow us on Twitter at No Gimmicks Pod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Make sure to subscribe if you're an Apple user. Please take a couple seconds to leave us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate that. And if you like the show and want to get involved, you can support us monthly over on Patreon, patreon.com slash the No Gimmicks Podcast. All right, without further ado, the great Tyler Grant. All right, guys, we're here with my brother, Tyler Grant. Ty, how you been, man? I'm good. I came really close on an eight-leg parlay yesterday, but uh, my guy fumbling through the end zone mm, mm. screwed me up. I need I needed some points, and I did not get those points. So, But that's okay. I'm riding high. I, was, I, I did not shop every uh, bit of earning that I was anticipating, but that's okay. We're we're gonna we're gonna fight the good fight next week. We so. persevere. We persevere. Man, persevere. I, the only thing worse than that fumble out of the end zone costing you money is if like you needed Stefan Diggs to catch that pass. <laughs> I mean, like, can we can we talk about just that thing? That ball was that was like the, the greatest moon. throw in the history of the NFL, and Diggs just right in the bread basket, and he's like one of the greatest receivers of this era. Just dropped. Just stone cold drop man that was oof. every time so every time someone's like oh the nfl's right the nfl's right i just look at things like that and i'm like you know i don't think it is rigged i think <laughs> that just guys no are way. just just at moments of absolute crucial must-have pressure it just hits them in the chest and they're like shoot like how how could that guy have fumbled it through the end zone like if the chiefs had lost that game they would have played that clip on a loop Oh, there would yeah. have been like cyber metrics, like figuring out like how much his ass was not on the ground. Oh yeah. Before he fumbled, like they've been like, oh yeah, but based upon physics, it was like an inch and a half separated the Chiefs from Patrick Mahomes being the greatest quarterback of all time to going home back to Arrowhead and crying, and Taylor Swift breaking up with Travis Kelsey in the off season or something. You know, I, I like, mean that guy who who fumbled that ball was that Hardman? Yeah. Like his career would be would have been over if they lost that game. Like that would have been like he would have just been cut, cleared waivers, you know. Like it would have just been over. But you know, I, I guess he survived to out, fight another day. Yeah. Well, Barstool put out a graphic that was like uh, Hardman left it all on the field, and it was like negative one yard, two fumbles, and something else. Oh gosh. It was, it was like <laughs> one target, negative one yards, two fumbles, and they're like, man, he just left it all on the field. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Which is just. It's just perfect. So good. Man, it, so. it's just like I as it, right after it happened, I had the thought last night. I was like, man, if somebody needed like if a part of somebody's parlay was like Stefan Diggs needed seventy five yards or something, <laughs> you know what I mean? And just like the perfect 
I mean, because Josh Allen probably has the best arm ever, you know? Like in the oh, history yeah. of the league. The dude's got a gun, man. And that was like a 65, 70 yards in the air, on the money. Hit him in the hands. And it's, oh, I was like, oh, man. I, like, that Like that would be, that th- that perfect throw with that drop would be just like the most brutal way to lose a parlay, man. Like that. Oh, my goodness. I mean, his, uh, the way he throws. So, like, Tom Brady kind of does that, and so does Aaron Rodgers, where it just sort of, like, they aim it at, like, an angle that's, like, it's just into the stratosphere. You know, like, Patrick Mahomes, that ball is no more than, like, 20 feet off the ground at any given time. Like, even if it's 30 yards down the field, it's, like, a rocket. You know, Trevor Lawrence, same way, rocket down the field. But those guys are, like, I'm hitting a I'm hitting a nine iron into the wind. Like I'm gonna just put yeah. it up in the air and just let it blow. You know, like it's it's crazy. It's well, it's also pretty. like Diggs isn't like a like a four three guy. You know what I mean? Like if you're throwing a Tyree kill, like you don't need to put any air under it because the dude's gonna be a hundred yards down the field in point two seconds. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I remember like in the Big Ben Antonio Brown days, Ben would airball, just moonball some some balls down the field to AB because he ran like a four seven. Like it, Antonio Brown was not fast. He just like looked fast on the field because he was super quick, but he like wasn't like a, a burner or anything. So you have to got to let the guy get open, you know, put some air under there. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty incredible. I mean, did you watch all the games? Oh yeah. Generally? yeah. That was a great game. What was, your, what was your favorite game? I mean, dude, I just want some close games, man. Cause there's so many yeah. blowouts the last few weeks, but I mean, the Lions Rams game was great. I was rooting for the Packers, so that kind of sucked. But the the Forty Nineers Packers game was awesome, back and forth the whole time. And then oh, yeah, man. last night was if he, good. If he didn't get loosey goosey with the ball at the end, I I mean the Packers, I mean well the pa- the Packers or they gave the Niners like plus ten at one point, and I was yeah, like, that's no, crazy. yeah, no chance, no chance. Plus ten is just disrespectful in the playoffs, man. I don't care who 100%. they are, like even like a backup quarterback, you're like come on, man, you gotta like respect the fact that they're in the tournament you know and everyone kind of plays like they they play that kind of like fourth quarter football the whole game you know what i mean that kind of like massive time management real slow developing plays like no one no one's putting up so many points to really run away with it you know what i mean like they can in like regular season games or it's like you know someone's throwing bombs um but yeah dude yeah the pucks the bucks lions game was pretty awesome that was pretty awesome i uh Definitely, I mean, Baker, Baker Mayfield's a gamer, dude. Yeah, man. Dude, I look, I just find myself rooting super hard against the Chiefs. <laughs> like, I just, like, it's just, the, and it's not their I fault. I just hate them. <laughs> like, I was, I was over the Chiefs. They're kind of like the Yankees when I was growing up, just, like, winning the World Series every other year, and it's got real boring, you know? But, like, I don't know, man. It's, it's the, the fellers running the cameras, just cut to Taylor Swift between every single play, you know? It's just like, and the announcers feel the need to, like, say something about it, and it's just like, nobody's nobody's having a good time, you know? They're just like, man, I wish I didn't have to say this, you know? It's like like a hostage video every time between every play. And, man, it's just like, I hate the Ravens. Like, the Baltimore Ravens are my least favorite team in all of, like, American team sports because I'm a Steelers fan. Um, but man, I'm just like, dude, just get Taylor That's Swift out of my face. Yeah, I hate the of all the teams. I mean, like, I respect them. You know, they're like a legit rival of the Steelers. Yeah. Oh, it's kind of it's like I was Ohio say, State. I was Michigan gonna say the Phillies. Are, the Phillies are really tough to like. 
I mean, any Philadelphia team, man, is <laughs> that's just the fans. Well, the, the Eagles you know? have like the scrappy, like we've been beaten down for generations. Like we just, we're just trying to make things happen, and they I have mean, like a glimmer of hope one season, and then they're like, "We're back," and then it just re- returns to just. I mean, the Jacksonville Jaguars, to be clear, had an absolute meltdown. They did, but that was to melt down on the playoff stage in front of the world. We we kind of thank them a little bit there in Philly because Philly fans are savages, man. They're calling for the entire coaching staff's jobs. Like they were like in the Super Bowl last year. They're like fire everybody. Jalen Hurts sucks. You're like, right, guys. Like what? Complete new. What are we doing? We're having tryouts. Anyone from the city of Philadelphia can come try out for the team. Wait, has that been made into a movie? Dude, it's just like I, I, I underestimated how annoying the Taylor Swift thing was gonna get. I, got, okay, I thought it would just be yeah, funny. I think you know? it's a little weird. Yeah. I mean, I think I think it's fa- it's fascinating. Like all of these sports leagues, they don't know how to make it interesting, um, and have no you know new ideas. And, and you know, I mean, football is what it is. I mean, I, I mean, would you would you let your son play football? No. See, no, yeah, like, I, I think that think that's so. the big problem. Like it's just. Yeah. I know people that, you know, when I played high school ball, like I knew I knew two guys that took hits that they got up from and they were like different people entirely. Yeah. From from that hit. And I mean it was you know, just straight up kind of concussion stuff. But I mean, there's a one guy that I was in AP IB classes with and he like left school for a couple of months and when he came back, that guy was not playing with a full deck. It was yeah. very sad. And he, yeah. you know, he never really played football, you know, or he, he did not play football anymore. Um, he dressed for the team and things like that, but like he did not put on a helmet. And uh, yeah, I don't know, man. And like, I, I get it. Like, I know that that's kind of softy and things like that. And the technology is getting better. And, but I mean, the technology is getting better, but I don't think it's getting, or I don't think it's outpacing, like, you know, running a four, four is not like an uncommon thing now. And no. I feel like people were exceptional if they ran, sub four five yeah when i was playing high school football now there's linebackers running sub four five yeah and like that that would feel like i mean i I guess yeah on the steelers i I played against one of the guys that's on the steelers right now uh hayward really yeah he played for mill creek high school and oh my goodness many times many many times he played i think he kind of he he played like this weird position where he'd be a fullback and he would also be like a linebacker, but also like a down tackle, like an outside tackle sometimes. I mean, he's like a future Hall of Famer, so that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Was, so yeah, that was one of those times where I was I was playing cornerback against them, and he was a fullback and received the football and blew through our line, blew through the linebackers. You know, people were just wrapping on, just sliding off of him. Like he he ran just mean and you know i had my like little technique to tackle big people like everybody Mm -hmm. does and i you know i tackled him but he hit me in the chest and if he had like like, juked a little bit he probably would have gotten out gotten out from everybody and who's to say he probably tripped over me if we're being honest but bro (laughs) dude that hit i i can still remember his day like standing up and be like whoo that was different which was the huddle (laughs) (laughs) Which way is the huddle? And, you know, I, I remember this guy, uh, got, you know, grabbed me, bringing me back to the huddle. And I was like, all right, we're, uh, 
Let's not do that again, guys. <laughs> someone, someone stop that, please. I mean, for, for reference, me. if people aren't aware, Cam Hayward is 6'5", 320 pounds. I don't yeah. know how big he was in high school, but a lot bigger yeah, than was, you. <laughs> yeah, he, well, he probably had like the, um, you know, in the NFL, they get kind of like muscle heavy. And in high school, they're very like kind of thick heavy. You know what right, I mean? Right, like right. they all kind of like slim out in the NFL. Yeah, he was a... Uh, he was a big boy. I remember. I remember. Yeah, I I can still think of that. I will. Yeah. So Oof. he knocked some other memories out of my head, but I remember that one. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I. Uh, so all that's to say, I don't. I just don't. I don't know that that will make make sense. Um, no. There's other. There's other sports. And yeah. There's there's that. other ways to like learn how to work together as a team. Yeah. There's, there's other stuff you can do, man, <laughs> to learn those life lessons. I just don't. I don't know. Yeah, we'll we'll see what all what all happens with with our guys in the in the off season. I don't mind the Taylor Swift stuff too terribly much. I mean, I you know it is interesting watching like all like the wives and girlfriends. Maybe you've noticed this. I don't know, but I've just noticed it more this season than any other season. All of them are making like branding opportunities off of this, like specifically off the NFL. Like they used to be kind of like. Oh yeah, I know that Tom Brady is whatever, and you know Giselle is whatever. Like they were kind of like separate, but you never saw like Giselle like branding some sort of modeling outfit at a you know a Bucks or a Patriots game. Right. You know what I mean? But now it's like Taylor Swift is like doing her whole little NFL thing, and like you know Alex Earl and some of these other people are all at various games, making a name for themselves from being at the games. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, you know what, uh, you know what sports needs, man, more female influencers. You know, that's what I always say. Ugh. I mean, they got to, they got to figure out how to get more. I mean, you know how these things are, man. They got to get more eyeballs any any way that they can. Why? They have them already. <laughs> it's like, ah, man, it's just it's leave never the enough. NFL alone, man. Leave us Dude, alone. You're, you're talking about road capitalism, man. The, the shareholders are always gonna want slightly more, yeah. and they've got they've got a good market share. They've they've got the market completely, but it's like we're missing fifty percent of the demographic. Let's figure out how we get them in in seats. How we get them buying, you know, female jerseys and female shirts. It's and... like you're talking me into rooting for the Ravens this week. I, I don't it's know. It's like you're just you, laying man. out the case for the Ravens. Well, the Ravens are inevitable, my man. That's not I I don't I don't know about that. I don't know that they I don't know. Based upon what I saw the Bills were able to do, like the Ravens have to have watched that and know how Lamar Jackson can sling it and be like, let's just run people downfield and every third pass, if we just don't have a brutal drop, we're gonna have a sixty yard nuke and be <laughs> in field goal range every third play. Yeah, I don't That's know. I it, Josh Allen balled out so hard last night and still lost that it's just like, I don't know. I think it's going to be Chiefs again. Chiefs Didn't he have like 80 yards of rushing? Yeah, he had two rushing touchdowns. Yeah. Greatest pass in the history of the league. <laughs> and, and Lamar Jackson doesn't run like a freaking golden retriever. Like he can he'll just zigzag around and get 100 yards, 200 oh, yards. Yeah. Yeah, man, he's so fast. It, dude, it's funny, man. I, I I remembered last night how fast Josh Allen is. He just looks so stupid running, you know. He's just he's got that white gold, boy. He's a retriever. He's just yeah. Yes. But and then but he's pulling. But he's like pulling away from defensive backs. And you're like, he also does that funny. It just doesn't look like he should be moving that fast, but he is. It's like an exclusively um white guy thing too like an exclusively like, big white guy you know yeah where they do like a little like um like a little hop 
when they get across the goal line. You know what I'm talking about? Like oh, if they yeah. look like they're about to encounter some like confrontation at the goal line. They kind of uh-huh. like they kind of like hop a little bit. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It's so it's so cute. Yeah, it's like some with? ancestral like muscle memory of like trench warfare or something from something. An era yeah, gone put your by. put your head up and get just absolutely. Um, okay, so Vegas has Lamar Jackson at 59 and a half rushing yards. Interesting. I'd take the over. I would take the over on that. I'd take the over in the for first half. First half, for sure. Second possession. <laughs> that's an easy That's an easy one to parlay, man. Oh, Just take yeah. the over on Lamar. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and Pacheco's at 63 and a half. They've got Pacheco less than Lamar Jackson rushing. Or no, just just over Lamar Jackson. Right? I might I might go under on Pacheco. Really? I don't I know, love those man. Memes I don't know. That like a, it's like a, he's like a little kid getting warmed up to run. <laughs> like what is? <laughs> so good. Anyways, oh, I guess right. we should probably talk politics a little bit. Football huh? talk for all you Swifties out there in the audience. Man, I'm Brady, a... Brady, what what is your? Do you have like a a sizable female demographic listener base? It's around ten percent. Ten percent. Okay. Yeah. By yeah. 10, I mean, like, th- that's like my high watermark. Okay. It's in that 5 to 10 range. <laughs> 5 to 10 how many, percent range. How many, con- how many countries are you in? You can, um, see, can you see that, or you can't see that? Can I can see, see it. It's, uh, I mean, you know, you get a handful. Of, you, you know, you, yeah, I might get, like, 50 people across Europe listening. Gotcha. Okay. In 10 different countries. But it's a very small number. It's, like, 99%. U.S. and Canada. Okay. I don't know why okay. Canadians are listening to me. Anytime I talk about Canada, it's just absolutely being very mean to them. So, Canadian friends, thanks. Thanks, boys. I, uh, they probably feel that way, though, too. They're, yeah, they they're probably, probably like, you know, but for, you know, this life I already have up here, if I could if I could move to Michigan, I would, you know? I could. Yeah. Uh, like, if you're, if you're a Canadian listening to this podcast, like, you're on a list. Like you are on yeah. a Trudeau list. Like you were probably For in the sure. the trucker convoy, and you're either like not listening because you're in jail, or you're gonna be in jail very soon. Seconds away from being yeah. debanked. Yeah, hundred percent. Like that sound you're hearing are jackboots outside your your house walking up to kill you now. So sucks. Oh sucks no, those, you're going to jail. Guys. Come come with us, please. <laughs> sucks, man. Sucks. I, I feel for my Canadian brothers and sisters, man. It is a uh, it's rough. So also, uh, obviously, big news of the weekend. The primary's over. Ron DeSantis dropped out. Um, R.I.P. Yeah. So Republican primary voters get what they want. Democrats get what they want. We'll see who actually gets what they want. That's the thing, man. It's funny when everybody thinks they're getting what they want. It's like, well, only half of you can be right. <laughs> we'll yeah. see. Uh, my guess would be that the FBI and the CAA come out ahead. It seems like, man, it's funny how, how the regime just kind of wins elections regardless of who actually wins elections. Dude, you know 100%. the feds are coming out ahead of this one, though. <clears throat> Dude, 100%. My favorite stat of all time is every financial crisis in our nation's history, with the exception of, like, one, I think, every part of the country fails or demonstrably went down, both in housing prices, GDP growth, economics, except for one area of the country. And, it and where is would that be? The DMV. Which is fascinating. Hmm. You know, it's like 2008 financial crisis, housing prices nationwide, absolutely nuked. People losing their shirts. Prices of housing in D.C. went up largely by a lot everywhere. And um, I've always found that 
always found that telling about where we are as a country. Like you would think that that place would become a ghost town or entire departments would shudder for their absolute failure of the American people. But nope, it's um, it grows. It grows substantially. Like, obviously, we'll have plenty of time to talk the Trump-Biden race. We'll be talking about that, you know, twice a week for the next year. But uh, it's just, you know, with DeSantis, you know, we and we can talk briefly on, like, why his campaign didn't take off. I just think he probably should have got in, like, right after the midterms. Um, yeah. When everybody was pissed at Trump because Trump lost the midterms for Republicans um, with all these trash candidates and stuff. And Trump was kind of viewed as a loser. And then um, DeSantis wanted to wait until after the legislative session, you know, which is I mean, good. You know, that means he's a good governor. Whatever. But yeah. but uh, he probably should have got in early and he should have, you know, hit Trump when he was down and stuff. And then a- after the indictments, you know, it was just everybody rallied around Trump for some reason. Um which was the plan, then, and it worked. And I mean, it might blow up right in the Democrats' face, man. That would be hilarious to watch too, because they they're they're all celebrating. They think they got what they wanted, but I mean, their man has late stage Alzheimer's, so <laughs> I wouldn't be I wouldn't be too confident, Democrats. But um, yeah, it's just for me, DeSantis was the last disruptor in the race, you know. And um, I know Trump is is always trying to brand himself as that. But, I mean, he was president for four years and didn't do anything. So it's like, I mean, he, he just promised to build the FBI a beautiful new headquarters in D.C. So I mean, it's just like, whatever, whoever wins, we're going to get more of this. We're going to get more of the war stuff. We're going to get more of the you know, persecution of, of the right here domestically. And, you know, it's, I don't know, man. It's going to be four more years of the same shit that we've been dealing with. Um, and I don't know, man. It sucks. But, hey. We're a democracy. The, the voters get what they want, man. Yeah, I mean, the problem with DeSantis is, I mean, again, like I have no idea if I know anybody that worked on his campaign or not, or that are his, you know, people or handlers or whatever. Like, and apologies if you know if you ever hear this, I, this is not an indictment of you, but y'all did a terrible job. Here's the problems: number one, the rollout was terrible. Like, why in the world did you do the Twitter thing? You came across like way too online absolutely moronic and people already knew that he was running for president and every single thing that you could do to say that you're running for president had already been done so then rolling it out with elon musk on twitter was the most bizarre yeah tone deaf nonsense i mean like twitter they're only like i think it's like 11 percent of american registered voters use twitter like it seems like twitter's super important but it's really not (laughs) It's really not, man. It's not at all. And then also they I mean they hired the I forget what's the I forget what the firm's called. But they hired the Ted Cruz team, the entire Ted Cruz team from twenty sixteen. Axiom. They hired Axiom. And it's like, why? That campaign sucked. <laughs> like, we remember the Cruz campaign in twenty sixteen and it was not good. It was not a, a, a very inspiring campaign. So it's just like I don't know. You know, these these GOP, you know, campaign staff types i mean they just keep getting recycled and using the same bad tactics and then yeah like you said the twitter thing was yeah that that really totally, blew up in their totally face disastrous totally yeah. disastrous and then in in campaign campaign rollouts are free throws you stand amongst your friendlies in a place that the media like knows what you're doing but they don't fully like have time to do all the the nefarious things that they want to do so you could basically get a free you know news cycle saying you know, Ron DeSantis is in the race and it's awesome pictures of you standing in front of whatever image that you wanted to curate for the media 
for like five days and you get that. And instead, not only did we not get a picture, we got a total botched Twitter glitchy interview thing that was totally wonky and bizarre. And secondly, like every time people still don't understand how to handle Trump and it's the most fascinating thing on the planet. Like there's the boot debacle and he, he looks childish the way he handled the boot debacle and all the different insults about that nonsense. And rather than fix that appearance and aesthetically make him look more normal, they basically try to do like a weird, like Glenn Youngkin kind of look, which works in Virginia because that's what every Virginian looks like, like a right. long sleeve shirt buttoned down with a with a vest, pair of blue jeans and some boots like that's literally what the Virginians dress like every single day of that kind of like oeuvre of people. But like this like former law professor, member of the military person is trying. It's just it just never rang authentic. Like the dude doesn't want to sit there and like smile and be like, hi, I'm Ron Sanders. I'm running for president. He wants to be like, I am looking to do policy stuff and beat up on the media. Like that's what they should have done the entire time. Just put him in front of, you know, Caitlin Collins and just had him work her over. It wouldn't have mattered. It, it, it wouldn't have mattered. Like nobody was going to beat Trump. Like they just, Republicans love Trump. You know, they just, I mean, like 70% of Republicans are convinced Maybe. that Joe Biden stole the last election. Yeah. 70%. You know, like they don't, they just like, I don't know, they just believe what Trump says and they do what he says. Like, it's, it's weird. I mean, DeSantis was like, you know, his, his pitch was like, hey, you know, I'm like more right wing than Donald Trump. You know, everything you like about him, I'm doing in Florida, but even better. And, uh, but without the baggage and everybody's like, well, we don't really care. We don't really care about the policy. We just, we like the baggage. (laughs) You know, we just like the man himself. But so, I mean, if that's what people want, that's, I mean, that's, that's a choice. That is a choice. I don't think even if DeSantis hired the right people, which of course he didn't, and you know didn't make all these mistakes, I don't think it would have mattered, man. I think it was just, I don't know, people would have just, I don't know, they just bought into the 2020 narrative, and I don't know, they're not budging. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I've always thought it was like fascinating running as the I'm Trump but different thing because it's like if the authentic thing is right there, Trump. And you're running as like the off-brand Trump, you know, going to any grocery store and observing this behavior would lend you to believe that the consumer is going to pick the brand name thing versus the other thing that's a knockoff if the price is the same, which is your vote. Like, why would they, why would they want the knockoff version? If they well, his the pitch wasn't version? the knockoff version; it was the much better version, you know, which is, is like that the pitch. But it, it he was branded the knockoff version by Trump and by the press, you know, and that he just couldn't shake that, you know. It's tough. Like if you have like, you know, I I think they they spent like Trump spent over a hundred million attacking DeSantis and Haley spent over fifty million and the left spent you know something like five times more money attacking DeSantis than they did Trump over the last year. And yeah, man, if you have that much coming against you, I, I don't think it would have mattered anyway. I just don't think Trump could be beat in this primary. I just don't think even if DeSantis or somebody else ran the perfect campaign, I don't really think it would have mattered. I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe that's why he hired the, um, the Cruz people. Didn't Cruz win in Iowa last time? Uh, yeah. Okay. So that's probably why he did it, but I clearly couldn't, uh, you know, make fire in a bottle twice. So, and Nikki Haley, we'll get back to the Trump stuff in a second, but Nikki Haley, (laughs) 
I mean, she's still not dropping out, but she did an interview on NBC yesterday where she was just talking about how racist America is and how she was bullied for being brown as a child, which, like, I'm sure mm-hmm. probably didn't sure. happen. But it's just yeah. like, and, and just how great it is that she's a woman and that she's brown and stuff. It's like, man, I don't know. Like, she just resorted back to her, like, Democrat factory settings, I suppose. But it's like, who, like, who is this constituency? <laughs> like, who is Has like, she, the do center... we know she's figured out how the Civil War started yet? <laughs> right. But it's like, I dude, don't know. Who, I'm just asking like, questions. Who's the audience? Like, the, the center left registered Republican who loves identity politics. Like, does such a voter exist? Like, good grief, man. Like, I, I haven't, my goodness. I mean, Haley's terrible on policy, too, but it's just like, I just don't understand what she's it, doing. I mean, like, the speech she gave after Iowa, where she was like, she came in third, and she's like, the voters in Iowa made it clear it's a two-person race. I was like, did she just, like, write, did, like, somebody wrote that speech before, like, hoping she would come in second, and then they just, like, forgot to rewrite the speech? Like, it's just like, it's like really amateur, man. It's like really bizarre very stuff. Very, very possible. It's just like, well, I'm not going to um, rewrite it now. I mean, I'm just going to let it rip, you know? Uh, this, is, this is draft number four. We can't, no more edits. <laughs> no more edits. Can't be bothered. Outcome be damned. Yeah, no, I, uh, no, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I feel like people, like if Nikki Haley had run against John McCain back in the day, that would have been that would have been a knockdown drag out fight, and maybe the Republican Party would have been with her there. But if you're if you're a modern Republican that has watched the absolute deterioration of the country over the past X amount of years since then, it's hard to look at a person like Nikki Haley, who doesn't really who who kind of toes that sweet spot line of like doing a job interview for MSNBC Republican commentator but also running for president. It's hard to like look at that and take that as a genuine pitch to be president in 2024 because yeah. it doesn't, no one believes that and it doesn't make it true. And the fact that she did sort of the general government to private sector to then run for government move, that is like the stereotypical move from like the 1950s to 2012 it just feels so inauthentic that I think the Republican voters are kind of like, what are we really getting here? And then the times that she makes like kind of the, the sounds that she thinks Republicans make, like, I don't know how the civil war started, which is like what I imagine some MSNBC, you know, Luddite thinks Republicans talk like and act like as if we're like, we have no idea, you know, right. it's just states, right? Like we're just, we're just historically illiterate. False. Yeah. False. Mo, you know, it yeah, it's people. It's people it. that speak Republican as a second language. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah, they, uh, Ramaswamy, Vivek Ramaswamy did the same thing with 9/11. Remember that? Like right when he started his campaign, no, he was just like, <laughs> he was just like, I forget who he was talking to. I don't know if he was talking to like a conspiracy theorist or something, but he's just like, going, yeah, we got, you know, we got to destroy the deep state, and you know, they they just, you know, that they lie about everything, the feds, and you know, January 6th, and. And then somebody's like, yeah, like 9-11. He's like, yeah, I'm just, you know, just asking questions. What really happened with 9-11? It's like, whoa, bro. It's like, bro, you do not, like, what? Dude, <laughs> like, can we just talk about this? The, be- <laughs> the best part, the best tr- things that Trump has done is twofold. They're, these are these are just, like, perfect, beautiful things that the media has no idea what to deal with, and it drives them crazy. And it it is so funny, and it's, it's amazing. They're just beautiful gifts to the American people. 
The first is some people are saying, and it's amazing. It, it, I use it all the time. Like, some, well, people some people are saying, saying you know, yeah. like no one's saying that. So like, I don't know. Some people are saying. Some, some people, <laughs> many, many people are saying. Many people are saying like, that's the greatest nonsense, non sequitur, you know, appeal to authority. It's just, that, it's beautiful. And many such cases. Many such person. cases. That's, that's and, and, you know, I'm just asking questions. Just those two, those two gifts are just, they're just beautiful. <laughs> I just love them. Many such cases when there's clearly, it's like the first case of this thing happening ever in human history. Many such cases. Many, many, many such, many people are saying. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's beautiful though. Cause then the media has to do the diligence to try to see if they can find someone to do it. And right. they, they cannot find anyone that supports it because it's so obscure. But they can't rule out the negative. So there have to be like, well, Trump said that some people are saying we couldn't find someone that did that. But that's not to say that that person does not <laughs> exist. Uh, oh, it's just, it brings me. Just sending journos on just a wild goose chase. Through God, history. Man. Sending them on like venture quests out to the, <laughs> it should be like required. That a journo has to like spend six months in I don't know the Delta and then like North Georgia slash Appalachia and then like just live in the desert by themselves for six months before they can report on like Southern identity. Yeah. That would just be it. Just would be beautiful. They'd be like, no one would do it. So that's no. why it's great. I remember there was a there was a post that they were offering at like the New York Times or something like that where they were offering some obscene amount of money to go like live amongst the southerners or something and they like kept the job position open for like nine months and then closed it out and somebody else reported on like they could not find someone that was willing to take the job that's so funny <laughs> dude so what conservative i forget i forget if it was like a conservative writer or something or a politician but like was debating somebody i forget and this is in the last handful of years i can't remember who said this but uh they were challenging some you know east coast lib journal and they're like look Ford F-150 has been the top-selling vehicle in North America every year for the last 50 years. Do you know anybody who owns one? And, like, the journal got, like, super offended. He's like, oh, are you saying that I'm not a real American and blah, blah, blah? And he's like, no, no, no. I'm asking you if you know a person who owns a Ford F-150, yes or no. Like, they wouldn't. Obviously, the answer was no. But, uh, damn, man. It's oh, just, dude. like, it's two entirely different countries we're living in. Oh, yeah. And to our, to our Canadian friends uh, that are listening, it's amazing. In American media, anytime, you know, unfortunately, when really sad things happen with gun violence, but the response is always the most fascinating and revealing about how little they have any understanding of how a gun operates, works, what type of guns exist, what guns are legal and not legal, how you store a gun, clean a gun, use a gun, what guns can and cannot do. It is wild to observe. There was a really funny one. I forget, what did, what did you, you send around the other day? That was something like... Somebody was saying like an, an AR-15 rifle is like the round from an AR-15 rifle, 5.56, like shoots faster than like Mach 5. <laughs> and, and it was like false. <laughs> yeah. Not I true. I mean, the, the 223 and 5.56 is illegal to hunt big game with in most states. I mean, it's like. And, and why is that? Because it's probably the least powerful center fire rifle cartridge in modern production. Yep. It's a 22 caliber. 55 grain projectile okay like i hunt deer in ohio with a 450 bushmaster it's a 250 grain 45 caliber projectile yep 
I mean, it's just like, what what are you doing? Yeah, I don't, mm-hmm. know, I don't know. It's just, yeah, man. Remember that Vice, that Vice piece where the the reporter took a. <laughs> it's, it's after some kind of shooting. I, I shouldn't laugh at that, but the the this reporter, the the video, the photo they used, the thumbnail photo they used is the the reporter just took like a like a cartridge, like a thirty out six, you know, like full bullet, and just stuck it through a hole in the wall, but like the whole thing, like not like as if it like one the gun fired the entire cartridge, which is insane, and it just like got stuck in the wall or whatever. Have you seen this? Do you know what I'm talking about? No, I don't. But it, oh, I dude, I'll, I'll totally send it to you. Believe it. Yeah, man. Just not even knowing like how bullets work or how cartridges work. They just thought like the whole thing shoots out the muzzle of the gun somehow. It's amazing. I just, it just it never man. makes any sense because like the way that they talk about it is so absurd. About it, and like it, it's one of those things where you know if you tell 99% of the truth and like the 1% is just insane, then people you lose a lot of credibility among the 99%. And that is what they just do not understand. Rather than just keep it to the 99%, they have to take it that extra step. And it always comes across looking like absurd. Like obviously, school shootings, they're horrible. They're absolutely horrible. But then they'll they'll post these things that are like, you know, they use this particular type of gun that they can't even find the child anymore because the the bullet just evaporated them or something. And you're like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? It's just very sad, very like totally insane, totally insane. I mean, wait till they hear that a nine millimeter does heck of a lot more damage than two two three. Oh my gosh, dude! Quite yeah. literally, a nine millimeter projectile versus a five point five six millimeter projectile. Oh yeah, I mean, if what, what is that? Um, not a hollow point, but yeah, like kind of a, if you use like a like a hollow point, that thing leaves like a a way oh, yeah. bigger hole than a five five six. Yeah, yeah, of yeah. course. Like, you would never, like, it's illegal in every state and just about every country on Earth that has, like, laws, you know, like, outside of the third world. Like, you can't hunt with full metal jacket ammo. You can't. Yeah. I mean, even if you did, like, even if you could, you wouldn't want to. It's not going to kill anything. I mean, it might eventually, but you're not going to recover that animal. It's going to just poke a little pencil hole in the lungs, and it's going to run for potentially miles. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you need like a really, a, really, really a controlled really expansion bullet that doubles or triples its size, you know, and keeps expanding as it goes through the animal. I mean, it's just like if if any if you, anybody's like been around firearms or has ever hunted anything or shot anything or knows anything about anything, you're not gonna fall for the left's BS on guns. But I mean, like the gun debate too, like a- after the race riots in 2020, it was over because all the black people went and bought guns, and you just can't. I mean, they're you know. When minorities went out and bought all the guns, I mean, Democrats just lost. I mean, they can't. What are they going to do? Try to disarm their own people? Ain't going to happen. So it's, oh, it's, dude, I, the gun debate's been over for coming up on four years, and the Democrats just haven't realized it yet. Oh, yeah. No, well, it, it's always fascinating. Like, the, there are some Democrats that I'll talk to that, that live in the neighborhood or around here, and they're always just like, you know, I'll, like, not super openly talk about how many guns and what type of guns that I have, but I'll, I'll say that I have some, and they're always, like, fascinated as if it's like, a, oh, my gosh really in our neighborhood it's like okay we live we live just south of a very rough area of jacksonville where there's a ton of guns but sure um yeah i have some and they're always like fascinated by this and then i'll be like have you ever you ever walked in a gun store like it is it is probably the most perfect cross-section of the american people yes anytime you go into a gun store yes it is like White, black, Latino, men, women, all ranges of ages and economic types, all different types of professions. Like I've 
have literally been standing in line behind like what is clearly a uh, a uh, how do I say a a lady of the night um, who is buying <laughs> a concealed carry kind of weapon, uh-huh. and I've been in front of a guy that is clearly a dude that served a bunch of tours in in Vietnam. That's you know like an older black gentleman that's looking to have something for you know for protection. Like it's it's all different types. Oh yeah, of people. You know, and just me. You know, it's just all different types. Yeah, man. Yep. But yeah, no, it's only it's only like white racist dudes that are buying AR-15s. You know, <laughs> false. Absolutely yeah, d- false. during the riots in 2020, it was almost half of first-time um, gun purchasers were black. Yeah, I mean, black, black people are only 12 percent of the United States. You know, so there was a ton, a ton of African Americans going out and buying guns for the first time. And oh, yeah. yeah. So it's over. It's over, Democrats. Yeah. Been over for a while. Well, Especially now that you can print they... guns, man. I mean, come on. What are you going to do? Yeah. Oh, oh, well, that was one thing, too. They're like, oh, the ghost guns. They're going to just, they're going to build, like, supersonic missiles. <laughs> it's like, if no. only. If only. <laughs> oh, my God. You would love that. Oh, God. They're they're building javelins in their basement with a 3D <laughs> printer. It's made out of carbon. It's It's purple. <laughs> Just a carbon fiber javelin, <laughs> just mounted on the top Why of my house. Why did he make it technicolor blue and purple? <laughs> <laughs> That's not so, camouflage at all. One thing we have to talk about before I let you go, well, going yeah. back to just previewing the next from now until November. Oh no. Okay. I, I was thinking about this because DeSantis dropped out yesterday. So as of yesterday, that the primary is effectively over for all intents and purposes. And I'm like the press because the press has been pro Trump throughout the because you know everything they've done for the last like year has been like DeSantis is the real devil like he's much worse than Trump you know they because like I mean DeSantis like totally cleaned the Democrats clocks in Florida I mean it's like a deep red state now he destroyed the Florida teachers union and all that stuff kept them from like showing porn in schools and all that all the stuff the Democrats really really care about these days. But uh, so they they really really hated DeSantis and and spent all this money and time taking him out and I'm like yeah but so now that it's over like they're gonna from now until November it's all hands on deck all of these people are gonna be trying to take down Trump and I'm like what's the first like the press this week like you have to understand if you're just listening at home understand how the press works man they're gonna send out like every article you see this every anti-Trump article for the next couple of weeks is just a trial balloon. They're going to see what goes over well, what they can use effectively to take down Trump. I'm like, what is the first narrative they're going to float? And I couldn't, I mean, knowing how ridiculous these people are, it even, I shouldn't be surprised by anything, Tyler Grant. I should not be surprised at this point by anything. But it even surprised me a little bit. Newsweek dropped an article this morning. I'm not making this up. I, I will tweet it out right under this episode. I promise I'm not making this up. New, Newsweek's trial balloon this morning. Was an article about how Trump is showing signs of dementia. <laughs> that's that, that's what the. It could be just a. It could be just a trial balloon. Could just be Newsweek. It might not go over well. But they, they, they're they running on Trump's, quote unquote, mental decline, considering the state of their man Joe Biden. I mean, besides the utter shamelessness of this, it's you have to understand this is right on cue, man. They've been keeping their powder dry on, on Trump for a year. Now they're taking the gloves off. They be prepared for the institutional takedown of Trump once again by the entire federal government and the press. 
we'll see how well it works. But it's like they're really gonna run with cognitive decline. They're really gonna they're really gonna do that. I like to me, like I really respect the Democrats because of how brutal they are, and it almost feels like a it's like a loyalty test for Democrat voters. Like, how loyal are you to the regime? How much are you willing to dance for Joe Biden? Dance, Democrat, dance. You know, like, can they get the NPCs to, to legitimately, unironically claim that Donald Trump has dementia and Joe Biden's fine? Like, bro, if the, it could just be Newsweek, but man, if they really try to run with that, it's going to be wild, bro. Yeah, I mean, it really is like Trump against himself, to be honest. I mean, this is the same thing that happened in 2020 where Biden ran from the basement the entire time. I mean, the the attacks have got to be age, sort of Me Too stuff, reemerged, corruption, slash. But how are they going of... with age? I well, mean, it's just like, it's such an insult to their own. I mean, it's like, that's not obviously going to work on like Republicans and independents, but it's like, they're just insulting the intelligence of their own readers. I think it's going to be fascinating too, depending on who Trump picks um, as his VP running mate. Like, if he picks someone that's. Their, you know, integrity is unimpeachable, which, you know, who knows? And he picks someone that people aren't just totally repulsed by and that picks up any sort of demographic that, you know, like a suburban women, for example. I think that they're going to move away from age really, really quickly and they're going to have to come up with something else because it's just not going to work. Like, I think that they have a lot of a lot of eggs in the basket of, you know, he's going to jail, which I do. Again, I've read that stuff. I mean, obviously, I don't see everything. I don't, I don't know if that gets them across the finish line. Like, it just, it's not. I don't know. Like, again, I don't see everything, but it just does not seem like enough, to be honest. Um, yeah. Nor will wrap up by the time it's game time, and I think the American people are going to look at that and be like, "This is clearly a show trial, like very, very early example of a show trial." Oh, for sure. Like, and like I, you and I have talked about offline, like we're down to. Nevada, Arizona, Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Georgia. The rest yep. of the country does not matter. It's already yep. been bought, sold, paid for. It's exactly what it is. Yep. And so if he runs, if he just picks up, and what is it? What does he got to do? He's got to pick up 30, 35, I guess. So he's got two, three, five. So all he's got to do is pick up either like Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and Georgia, or some sort of combination of Pennsylvania, Arizona, Pennsylvania, Nevada, Georgia, something, something like that. He's got to pick up three of six to win. Yeah. Like totally doable, totally doable. And I just don't know. I don't know that they have an answer for it because Biden is so demonstrably bad and has done such a horrendous, embarrassing job of nothingness. Kamala Harris is a worse than the show veep. It's amazing to watch yeah. um, play out. So I, I don't know. I don't know what they hit him with, but yeah, the dementia play is, a, is an interesting is an interesting interesting point, but um, not one that that's going to stick. And to your point, that is very astute. Is that the next three to four months are literally just general election messaging, talking points to how how they can hit Republicans going into 2024, and then also Trump going into 2024, and figuring out a way to like tie it all together and make it a nice package that they can send out to their operatives and the media to make sure that they get the talkers out it's going to be a total a total mess but i mean again like all he has to do is spend every ounce of time i would do arizona if the arizona gdop wasn't just absolute trash you just run on immigration in arizona for six months 
Yeah, but they are trash. That's the thing. I mean, like the the Arizona GOP is bankrupt. The Michigan GOP is even worse. I mean, the Michigan GOP has nothing. I don't. I don't view Michigan. I I say Michigan's in play, but I Michigan is now like almost a hard blue. It's a lean. I mean, Trump picked it up in 2016, I believe. I'm pretty sure about that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm right about that. Yeah, yeah. Then yeah, I but yeah, I don't. I don't view that as the case anymore, which is very astounding. And in light of like Gretchen Whitmer and her weird Hunger Games power grab in in Michigan, but people people seem to not love their liberty, I guess, or something. Yeah. And uh, they voted for her and are happy with that choice. Um, but yeah, so I, maybe that one's not in play. So then it's, yeah, it comes. It down. is. I mean, it's it's definitely in play. It's just you know, I don't like both the Trump camp and the Biden camp are both very confident for no reason. <laughs> like I I'd, I'd be terrified if I were working for either one of these campaigns. I mean, I just I mean the, the Trump people, I you know, talking to a handful of them, um, you know, the relatively higher up lads up there and the Trump people I feel have less hubris about it than the Biden people. The Biden people that I've talked to that are that are deep up there, they think that this is all just a formality and that Trump will get absolutely shellacked again and they they don't that's why like the DNC was very happy allow Biden to kind of go for it again because they're they're like it does not matter at all yeah like which is, is just not that is not I don't think true. That that's true yeah and but the Trump the the main problem for Trump's campaign is going to be the money I mean he's spending every penny he gets from donors on either legal bills I mean you know he, he spent 100 million on attacking Ron DeSantis too but he wish he had that back um but he's you know he's spending tens of millions of dollars on on legal bills and the Democrats are going to make sure, man. They're going to make sure every penny raised is going to lawyers. I mean, I mean, dude, yeah. Trump is selling pieces of his suit that he wore in his mugshot for forty-seven hundred dollars a pop to pay lawyers. I mean, and people are buying oh, no. it for some reason. I did not see that. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, dude, it's getting real, real cringe over on True Social, bro. <laughs> like, it is. Uh, it's not great. So I mean, it's like Republicans are going to get outspent oh, no. badly. Like <laughs> with all the legal bills, there's just no way. <sighs> Trump is able to keep up in terms of fundraising. He'll probably get outspent two to one, three to one at least. Um, that's not a. It's. I mean, that's. It might not kill him. You know, I don't know. But I mean, it's like Republicans need to be aware of what they're up against. I mean, you're 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 going to be doing it, cash light. You know, and it's just in some of these states with big media markets. I, I don't know. You know, it's it's going to be tough. It's it's not. It's not a slam yeah. dunk for either side. I don't know. I mean, it's this could go a variety of different directions to be fair i mean like the great thing about being a republican versus a democrat is like you don't you don't have to spend money in philadelphia you know what i'm saying right like you right. you get to spend money just i mean you still do you, you still do you, you need to spend the money you gotta you gotta move yeah. the needle a little bit you can't completely yeah. ignore it i mean like the thing is too like george is expensive george, george is, is really very, expensive george is very expensive and because of all the antics in 2020 not a guarantee and yeah. he I mean, I guess one, two. Yeah. If he lost Georgia, he just can't win. It. He can't lose any of the other ones. Yeah. Because like Nevada's kind of like lean blue as well. Arizona's so. rough. I'm I'm real concerned with Arizona, especially yeah. with Carrie Lake running again. I mean, she's just like a crazy person that people can't stand, and it's just like, man, I, I don't just, know. But this no. whole fantasy, you see like Matt Gates and these other clowns talking like, oh, we don't care if white women don't vote for us. We're you know all the black guys are going to start voting Republican. And it's like, Fuss. I've heard that a lot over the course of my life, that black dudes are going to start voting Republican. 
I've heard that a lot too. And Trump promised that was going to happen in 2020 and he got 7% or something like that. So it's just like, that ain't going to happen and you're going to need to get the suburbs back. You're going to need to win back some of those white women that he lost in 2020. Unfortunately, that means doing something that he almost certainly will not do. And that is. He needs the married ones. Yes. But yeah, but what he he needs to do. He can lose the like. You know, unmarried oh, liberal sure. white woman. He can oh, lose yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't. Yeah. You don't need that. But you can't have where every white woman in the state of Georgia who lives in you know a suburban area does not vote with you. You can't have that. You're not going to ever win again. And and that's going to start bleeding into North Carolina, South Carolina, Tennessee. Even if like Nashville continues growing, you cannot just alienate married white women forever. That's just not going to work. The best thing Trump could do for his campaign is to publicly and hilariously disown Laura Loomer. <laughs> no. no. Get out of here. Crazy. Crazy the, be- Laura. I mean, the best thing you could do is, is pick like a normal person that is not. That's what I mean. One of these way too online people. You got to get rid of the crazy people. Like white married white women is Laura, are not. Is Laura Loomer don't want involved? Anything. I mean, she's like at every event and like on stage with yeah, Trump sometimes and stuff. Does that stuff. Oh. Right. But I'm just using her. I I I'm yeah. just using her as an example. I, I just right mean right. all the crazy. I mean Carrie Lake. I mean all these people. Like <sighs> married white women don't want these crazy people around. You know what I mean? They just view these people, I mean correctly, as clowns. You know, and it's just yeah. going to turn a lot of people off. Like if he could just, he needs a clean house with a lot of his campaign staff to be honest. But he's not gonna. Like it's he's not going to do that. But I'm just saying, if he were serious running a serious campaign, like, get the crazy people who piss off voters away from you. <laughs> like, you don't need yeah. Laura Loomer as a surrogate, you know? Like, it is just not, it is not smart. Get rid of these people, you know? Yeah. But I don't know. Gonna, so. Yeah, I mean, hopefully, I mean, this but, this is, like, my sincere hope is that, and this is what kind of happened in 2016, too. Like, uh, you get, once you get the nod and the national GOP comes around you, and you were given, you know how, you know how this is. It's like, you're given like kind of the blessing that this is our guy and no one is going to be penalized by going to work for you because you're the guy. Right. Um, I'm hoping that that kind of cleans up a lot of this stuff. Cause I mean, I had like very talented, very, very smart friends that once Trump became the nominee were picked up. And I mean, I think, I think one of my, my fraternity brothers is now like the, Senate something down there. Like he's he's a big shot up there, and they they like all came around. These these are like serious people. Yeah. And you know, once he became the nominee, they got picked up on stuff. Oh yeah, he's the NRCC communications chair. Yeah. Look at that, Jack Pandel, great guy. Yeah. Um, let me see. Yeah, yeah. No, so yeah, once once like Trump got picked up, like all these guys came around, and they uh, you know, he was surrounded with like talented people, and like there there's not like the kind of campaign staff kind of folks that are lingering about anymore they're like all right it's time to be somebody a big boy and girl let's let's move off some of the nonsense and let's get some of the big people into play but i mean you, you see that with everybody i mean like barack obama like cleaned house once he became the nominee he wasn't mm-hmm. dealing with like the guy that was running around iowa that got on staff in the first day you know what i'm saying right. like that guy's not the guy's no longer like a surrogate in any state you know but so. will he do that I think he has to. I think I think he will have to do that. I think if he wants any of the GOP money, I mean, obviously it's sort of a symbiotic relationship with the two of them. But I, he he'll pick not he'll pick Nikki Haley or Elise Stefanik or one of these people so he can get the donor money. He can't pick Nikki. I don't think he can pick Nikki Haley. There's a fifty percent chance he picks Nikki Haley. 
<laughs> do you think he does? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. He's, I, she's. How does she pull amongst suburban she's, white women? She's the she favorite. Well? She's the favorite of the donors, and Trump has no money. Do you think Trump has a big a, a female VP? He needs somebody who's a favorite of the donors. He doesn't need, you know, it could be Tim Scott. Donors like him. Tim Scott got engaged to a female yesterday, so he took care of that. She's just, you know, not need to get into that. But uh, <laughs> people are people are not very kind about that. Many people are saying. Internet. Many people are yeah. saying. Many. I mean, I, I hope it's I you know I hope it's love and not oh, some yeah. political thing. Oh, that yeah. would be I mean, love a good really love story, brother. Gross, but I don't know. Love a good straight love story, Tyler. <sighs> Who knows, man? It's just, I, uh, you know, Many people are saying though that uh, never. I mean, I don't know anything. Yeah, I've never met the guy in my life. Yeah, I have no idea. Hey, no idea. But not there's anything wrong with that. Not there's anything wrong with that. Hey, you know. Being, you know, I hope. Got engaged on the beach though, huh? Hey man. The same day he endorsed Donald Trump. (laughs) Which was the bigger event in his life? I'm just, I'm just asking questions, man. Just many people are saying. (laughs) (laughs) Hey man, I'm you know. Just asking yeah, questions. I uh, I don't know how the Civil War started. Oh God, I I still I think a really funny campaign ad from the Trump people would be like, just like a funny like kind of comic book style drunk history retelling of Nikki Haley retelling like different events <laughs> about history, like world was, events. Yeah, if she was like, you know, the year was like nineteen fifty something, and Salem, Alabama. And, you know, people just want to get outside and play in the water and slip and slide. And I don't know why the cops were out there with fire hoses and whatnot. I think they were just trying to have a good time, like a time in the water. And, you know, there I guess there were black people there. I can't really I don't know why they were there. But, hmm, that's interesting. I'll have to, like, do some self-analysis on that. Like, just, like, little things that just, like, little independent analyses of, like, different historical events from Nikki Haley's perspective, I think, would be pretty pretty on point. I, I have no idea. It was a beautiful March thing. day. It was a it beautiful, was a beautiful March day, day in Rome. I don't know who yeah. would want to kill poor Julius. You know, know. it was – some people have said stab in the back. I, I don't know <laughs> what that really means. And some – you know, sometimes I, I almost – when I'm doing something in the kitchen, I almost back into a knife. We've all been there, you know, so – did he even cross know. the Rubicon? I mean, I, you know, water was high that day. Many water people are saying high. it was it was too high to even cross with those horses. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. It's crazy. Battle of Waterloo. I have no idea who was involved in that. I so. almost kind of want Trump to pick Haley just to expose just the grifters on the right. Like everybody has said that they're. Oh no, it would be a deal breaker. I couldn't vote for Trump if he picks Haley. Yes, the fuck you would. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's not. You that's, would absolutely get down on your knees and perform fellatio on Donald Trump in front of the world. Awesome. <laughs> you would absolutely Lord. do it, Tucker. And I like Tucker, but you know he'd be, he'd get bust out those knee pads with a quickness. You know he would. I did. Too so much long cash as he had a Zen bro. pouch in, bro. If he had a Zen pouch in, he'd, I'd talk, he'd talk would do anything. He's, that, yeah, man. Listening to that guy talk with Theo Vaughn. That was the funniest. It was the funniest interview of all time. I don't know if you listened <laughs> to that one. No, I haven't. I, I laughed the entire time. It's amazing. You should definitely watch it. It's I, you know I know I know you have complicated feelings about the talk, but uh, Theo Vaughn, good old boy, talking shop with Tucker Carlson while they both have Zen pouches in. It's the funniest <laughs> thing on the planet, dude. I uh, I giggled. I like Theo a lot. Time. Theo Vaughn's one of the best storytellers out there right now. It, dude, it's. 
<laughs> it's amazing. One point, Dude, he's like, have you yeah. ever heard that story of Theo Vaughn? He he was literally David Duke's neighbor for a handful yeah, of years. You heard that story? <laughs> dude, and, but like the way he talks about it is amazing. He's like, yeah, man, like David Duke was, yeah, he was down the street and like, yeah, yeah. I don't he was know, like, he oh. like mowed his lawn. I wasn't familiar with his politics. <laughs> it, it was just like, it was out of nowhere. Like, like he was on some podcast, I forget what podcast, but they brought up David Duke. He's like, oh, I know David Duke. We shared a fence. Everyone's like, what? He's <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. We used to work out at the same gym. He was a nice guy. I didn't know anything about his politics. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> like, oh, I, I don't know. It, no, he made, he made some joke that one time. He was like, yeah, you know, he didn't wear a hood to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was great, man. It was, Who do you uh, think Trump picks as VP? You don't think it'll be – I don't know if it'll be Haley. It'll be somebody like – it's got to be somebody who can access the donor's wallets because Trump can't. I am, I am point, always, so. always, always, always of the contention that the person that you pick has got to be a state strategic person. I've never been like a, a demographic – type person and i don't believe that people like operate that way and so i think that you pick up like operations like i've always viewed it being like kind of like biden picking up kamala harris and be like well this secures me all the black women like come on that's a that's a that's a freaking like just rudimentary pathetic way of viewing people in politics like everybody is different that's not the same but if you were to pick up somebody from like like some well-known op in PA, Georgia, Arizona, Nevada, Wisconsin, Michigan, one of those people that already has a ground game in that state to give you a fighting shot of that state, that would be money. Like, if he could convince Brian Kemp— I was just going to say, it would be great if he didn't try to ruin Brian Kemp's life. Yeah, if if he could figure (laughs) that out, that would be and guarantee Georgia so that he could spend all— because, I mean, Brian Kemp is— unbelievably popular in the state of Georgia yeah, and would yeah. not lose a, a shred of popularity. If you were VP, if you, and you know, again, and like, you know, Oh, there's two men on the ticket, all that kind of stuff, like whatever. Like I, I just, I do not believe that people like stay home because of those reasons or go to the polls for those reasons. Like I mean, maybe Brian, Barack Kemp, Obama. Brian Kemp would literally be the perfect choice, but if asked to run with Trump, Brian Kemp would physically die of laughter. You say that, but let me just tell you, people have done crazier things when they are a heartbeat from the presidency. Yeah. And when just, they are, when, not... when a person is about to be 80 and then you are the next in line and you have four years with basically the presumption that you will be the party's lead going after because he cannot run again, you will be sitting real pretty to be president of the United States. And none of these people, none of these people can, can put that aside. So if he the thing up... is the but here's the thing, one people saw what happened to Mike Pence. Nobody wants that. That's one. Two. Two. No, that's true. That's true. It's you know, if if Trump wins in November, yeah, they're not going to govern. Like he's going to be tied up in court the entire time. They're going to impeach him a few more times. It'll be constant nonsense. It'll be all these ops from the CIA making sure Trump can't accomplish anything false sure. flags domestically to get Republicans arrested. It's going to be constant BS from the deep state. Nothing's going to be accomplished. So it's just like who with actual president, you know, I, I mean, every look, any anyone on the congressional level up, honest to goodness, believes they're going to be president of the United States for some reason, because they're all a bunch of freaking sociopaths. But oh, like yeah. anybody like a, a serious man like Kemp would look at that and be like, why? Why would I end my career? like this because it's they're not gonna i mean it's like you're not gonna get anything through congress you know you're not well, gonna like, like, pass like what's anything. his next I mean, yeah but like they don't care about that stuff like to your point 
anyone that plays ball at that level is like a pseudo sociopath. So, I mean, you're talking oh, about no people that, yeah, I mean, you're talking about people that like, this guy ran for governor twice. He won twice. He can't be governor again in the state of Georgia. You, you know, you got the term limits. So he's got to make a move. He doesn't necessarily want the Senate because he's got to go either head to head with, uh, can't remember the other guy's name but either way he doesn't want to do that mess because that's a mess and that's a that's a big old campaign so if he gets to just be you know be vice president he it just lends you that level of credibility where he can do whatever he wants trump wouldn't ask him and he wouldn't trump wouldn't ask him and kemp wouldn't say yes no no god that'd be that would be be the perfect pick though right you know or let's say principally yeah principally but what i'm saying i just you got to pick somebody with operations in a state you need you cannot just picking like Rant, like I, this is why the Tim Scott thing doesn't work. It doesn't work because you're you're picking up South Carolina. You're going to win South Carolina by double digits. It does not matter what you do there. Why would you do that? And if you think that like Tim Scott's going to peel off five percent of black voters, black male voters nationwide, I just I don't believe that that's true. I do no. not believe that that's true. No, it's and so not you true. don't you don't get anything by that. What do what do you get by that? You you I mean you get a nice smart person that's your vp that's relatively quiet it's gonna play ball like i i guess that that's fine i could see i could see elise stefanik or somebody like that i don't even know who somebody, that is somebody like, terrible I don't even she's, know, she's like yeah. a left-wing republican from new york but she knows how to what raise do you a bunch get of out of that you're not gonna win new york you get nothing out of that i think I the, barely, peop- the kinds of people who are running the trump campaign would probably argue that she's a favorite of the new york republican donors and trump needs the money and she's a woman and a mother and blah 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 and i don't think that would work i don't think that would help him out at all but i think that's the case that would be made he'd be he would be better off with like uh who was the guy that oz barely beat in pennsylvania whatever that guy's name was oz lost by like 15 uh, in the primary the guy that came oh um he was pretty good i mean no it would be great if if instead of promoting herschel walker and dr oz that trump actually endorsed like smart serious candidates who won and ran good races and learned how to raise a bunch of money in one of those states that uh that, that they need to win and then had served in the Senate for the last two years and could now be Trump's running mate, that would be great. But <laughs> but unfortunately yeah. he went a different direction and that's why we're in this mess. Yeah, that's that's fair. <laughs> a couple di- who did he beat? Five or he beat Oh know. he beat Gary Black. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Oh dude, yeah, Gary Black was a Okay, so even, yeah, he ran against. I don't me. even remember that person. Yeah. Okay. So this. Okay. So this is. You can't hate him too much. So these. These other people that ran in the Georgia primary were just terrible. Gary Black. Gary Black was like this. I knew Gary Black when I worked for Governor Deal. He was like just this sort of weird and Latham Sadler. No, dude. Yeah. No wonder he won. Both of these people were no zero percent chance. Oh yeah. Not. Um. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe Trump. Maybe. Trump would want like, if it were just up to Trump. And if he decides not to listen to anybody, he'll pick like Carrie Lake or Marjorie Taylor Greene or some like ridiculous clown of a woman. You know what I mean? How popular is Marjorie Taylor Greene in Georgia? Is she popular? I mean, in her district, popular, but I'm sure. Yeah, but her district's a her district's a weird district. It's like the kind of like it's not even really suburban anymore. It's or not yet. It's like kind of a a weird, massive rural district. It doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, and she's not even remotely popular with like coming or Forsyth County. She's screwed. I don't think Trump would do that, but you you know in his heart of hearts he would love that. So he'll have to go between like the minority to try to peel off minorities, or just go with the donor candidate. I I just think, yeah, 
I mean, with with how much money Trump is going to need, I mean, he's not going to spend a penny on this campaign, man. It's all going to legal bills, and he just he needs the money. So I think it's going to be one of the favorites of the donors, and that's why I don't know, man. Nikki Haley, yeah, that the donors love her for some reason. Civil War. I mean, I've uh, I've actually talked to Marjorie Taylor Greene and interviewed her before. She's a graduate of my high school. Actually. Really? Yeah. Fun fact. Was she also hit in the head by Cam Hayward? That would explain. Uh, uh, no, no, we didn't. No, no. We, but yeah, we talked about we talked about like famous graduates of our high school. It's like, um, I think one of the guys, there's like a, Zach uh, Zach Brown band. He graduated from my high school. Really? Yeah. And uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. I think those are two most famous people. Allison Barber. I think she's trying to make make a play. We went on a couple dates in high school. She now is like uh, at CNN. So. Oof. Yeah. Really dodge a bullet there, buddy. Nah, maybe like, maybe like old uh, maybe Zach Brown will be uh, Trump's VP. God, I mean, dude, shoot! What if he picked up like Eminem and and, <laughs> picked up, and, uh, and dude, that would be talk about it like a head trip. He'd be like, guys, I uh, my palms are sweaty right now as I'm trying to <laughs> about my, uh, my VP choice. And, and it, it would win Michigan. It would win you, Michigan. Yeah, you'd win Michigan in a heartbeat. Just like guarantee Michigan, confuse every like white working class guy nationwide would be like how did he do that <laughs> it'll be a fun year man that would be pretty funny it'll but, be a fun year either way but. i just whatever like the most ridiculous i you know look i i'm just rooting for entertainment at this point like whatever <laughs> the funniest outcomes are that's what i want to happen let's be honest sure sure and a lot of hope that things are going to improve but you know i've been wrong before it's the uniparty, my friend. It's all yeah. the same. You just got to yeah. decide which which uh, which demon you want to dance with. Yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting. This is this this race, man. This is it, it's funny. You know how we all say it's like the the least that or every 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 four years is the most important election of our lifetime. Blah 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 blah. I actually yeah. think because I don't think much will change either way. I think. This might legitimately be the least important presidential election of our lifetime. Because <laughs> it's just going to continue. Like, the Ukraine war is going to continue. The spending, the the border is still going to be wide open. Trump had four years to, to stop that, and he didn't do shit. You know, I mean, it's just like the, same, the problems are going to persist. They're going to keep inflating the currency. It's not, you know, it's, I don't know. I just don't think Trump has, it, has what it takes to actually affect much change. And a lot of that's not even the, his own fault. I mean, he's going to be so tied up with all the legal nonsense that it's just going to be a wash, I think. I think it's just going to be like a slog of four years, whoever wins. I mean, if Biden you know, wins, I, he's probably going to die actually, in office. You know what I mean? So it's like, oh, yeah, so that, that could that's... shake things up. But aside from that, like, I don't think much is going to change in the next four years, win or lose. Well, that that is a that is undeniably true. Although, I mean, I don't know. These presidents have an ability to kind of hang in there. I mean, like freaking Jimmy Carter is still alive. Yeah. Like he went in he went into hospice like six months ago. Woodrow Wilson was president for a year after he was dead. <laughs> Just died and was still president for a year. <laughs> like, it's weird out there, bro. Like, yeah, man. I don't know that you can say that. Can you say that? <laughs> I mean, like, you know, he was in completely incapacitated in a coma or whatever, and his crazy wife ran the world. But, like, he was, for all intents and pur- purposes, a dead man for, like, almost a year of his presidency. Some people, are saying, 
some people, yeah, some people, some people are saying many such um, cases. God, that's uh, that's amazing. Yeah, no, we'll we'll see. I actually, I actually tend to agree with you though. It's there is so much Washington in and of itself with Washington that you know the teams the teams are becoming much more similar than they are dissimilar. Oh yeah, and all the elites do not like the radical unpredictability per admin change. And I think that they are leaning very heavily on people to prevent that. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I feel, I mean, that's why you see diamond goes out there and doesn't, uh, you know, MSNBC hit and he's like, yeah, Trump's not that bad. Like chill. And all of a sudden you saw some of that rhetoric tone dramatically down. Yeah. 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 When you have like the CEO of JPM being like, tone it down. Yeah. That's a, that's not a signal to like where his politics are. That's a signal yeah, yeah. like we don't like radical shit either side. We want to keep it right down. Yeah, the line. Oh yeah. And we yeah. don't we don't want unpredictability in regime change. We don't want un- unpredictability in like regulation change. Like that stuff. And us- Diamond's not even a guy you hear from very much, man. That was that was indicative to me. I that was very interesting to see him come out and do that interview. You're like, oh, okay. Yeah. No, they they do it that, like. I do this. I do this stuff all the time. Like I don't obviously talk to Jamie Dimon every day, but <laughs> I uh, yeah, have him on speed dial, bro. Yeah, my buddy, God, Jamie Dimon. That, that would actually be pretty funny. Um, here, let me patch him in. <laughs> <Let's see> who, <laughs> who he wants up uh, the pick for VP to be? No, the um, but yeah, no. These people do not like not being able to know what's going to happen, and the amount of calls and things have been on. You know, each regime change. I mean, I've seen it now from Obama to Trump. Trump to Biden. I mean, dude, there's a real massive financial regulatory cost that exists with companies having to kind of like prepare for anticipated changes, actual changes and changes that don't happen, but they anticipate it. They move things around. Like this costs like tens of millions of dollars per company. So, I mean, people are not, people don't like that anymore. So I would endorse any candidate running who got on a stage and was like, vote for me. This is the least important election of our lifetime. Well, let's be honest. It doesn't really matter. But for my own ego, I'd appreciate the votes. I'd be like, okay. If you elect me, I will make this so simple. You will not you will not notice anything different about your life. Things that are bad will only get slightly better, maybe a little worse, but about the same. But you'll feel good about yourself. You'll just feel like good totally about it. just run the gauntlet of just honesty. I'm not going to be on TV. I'm not going to bother you. We're not going to have daily press briefings. I'll text the press people what I want them to know. And if they want to ask me questions, I can be available, you know, with, you know, five hours notice. Thanks. Like, look, I, I really like playing golf. We will not go to I war. like it a lot. So, you know, now that I'm making 500K a year, I'm going to play golf a lot. Just fair warning. You're not going to hear from me for weeks, maybe even months at a time. I'll be like, okay. Perfect. I vote for that That's... feller. Perfect. Exactly what you need. We don't. This doesn't need to be a doesn't need to be rocket science. We're not we're not doing wholesale changes. I'm not bringing with me a hundred thousand people to Washington D.C. that are all different folks that don't know where the pens are. We're gonna basically keep the same thing. And if we notice something isn't working, we're just gonna not have that anymore. If we don't need it, we you know we're gonna go full Argentina. It's like why why do we have that administration? It seems redundant to that administration. And if they can't articulate a, a reason why, it's gone. We'll, we'll flip a coin to see which agency survives. I mean, it took uh, it took uh, 150% inflation and 45% of the country living below the poverty line for Argentina to elect a libertarian. So don't think America is anywhere close to that yet. 
I mean, fortunately, you know, half the country isn't living in poverty, but unfortunately, it takes quite a bit. It takes quite a bit for people to break the cycle, man. It's a, you know, you have to basically run your entire economy into the ground, maybe irreparably. You know, who knows? Who knows if Melee will be able to actually do anything down there? Maybe. God, might be too so, late. So you know? good, though. It's oh, so yeah, good to watch. He does not care. Yeah. Does, does not care. Went to Davos to tell everybody to go fuck themselves and then left. <laughs> it's exactly like... what those people needed. Yeah. Exa- yeah, they needed that. Yes. Yeah. No. I mean, yeah. it's beautiful. I mean, yeah, what, did he, what did he cut? Like eight admin administration, like immediately? Something like that. He's yeah. like, why do we need this? This is gone. And you haven't seen 50 think pieces from our American journalists talking about, oh, gosh, like that administration was vitally necessary and people are dying. And ran and if they were, you know that they would write that. But they're not. American <laughs> journalists think Argentina is the skinny one on the coast. So that's that's what they know. It's also true. They're like, yeah. he's currently dictating all these principles from Machu Picchu. Yeah, yes, yes. False. Yeah, uh, I just don't think many of them could point to Argentina on a map, man. I just is Argentina, uh... where my Patagonia vest is from. <laughs> yeah, I did, hundred percent. Yeah, man, journalists, journalists. All right, I'd say everybody follow Tyler, but he's kind of uh, incognito these days on Twitter. So if you can find him, go follow him. Uh, you know, just don't tell anybody about it. But uh, that's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Wednesday. No gimmicks.